podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to WrestleMania Week here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. What's up everyone, this is another special Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet and we're coming live from my place today this is the big dog, Alan McLucas and today we're going to discuss Wrestlemania Aftermath and with me today we have some maybe slightly tender people with me <laughs> who have sleep deprived and maybe slightly hung over Firstly, there he is the old paper champion he took a beating last night but he took it with pride it is Scott McLeod Bed. I need my bed. <laughs> How you doing, mate? You alright? I'm fine. Better than I was a couple hours ago, but. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. You made your bed yet? No. Oh. Join the club. And next to him, we have our secret accountant. <laughs> he comes up with funny numbers. Sometimes we don't agree on but last night he came up with the right number. <laughs> it is Mr. It's my interview, Ross McLeod. It's actually, it's my sweepstake, and one, one in about 30 fuck-ups, I'm allowed one, one off night. If Batista's allowed to fall in the ring at WrestleMania, I'm allowed one fuck-up sweep. We're a professional establishment, we speak better, McLeod. (laughs) (laughs) No plane. And next to him, we have the former Bath Bomb Princess, she's now the Gravy Princess. She loves the name, but... I know she really, really hates it. It is Sarah. I hate that name. Oh, chips and gravy. Oh, <laughs> chips and gravy. With all fairness, chips and gravy is a good, good gourmet meal. It does. Can't put me on it. I'd do that right now. <laughs> yes, so let's get on to the fun stuff. So please give us a listen. Have a look at our back catalogue. We're on iTunes, Android, Spotify, and all good podcasting sites. Follow us on social yeah. media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Suplex Retweet. And if you like what you hear, you know what to do. So, first I'll just start with. <laughs> <laughs> that noise you're hearing is my dog. <laughs> Harley! <laughs> Beg, please! Now! She was looking at my hand on the table while you were like, doing the intro. Yeah, there's a dog here that's a lot more interesting, I'm going to be honest, guys. Love it. Yeah. Harley, bed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Back to the show hand, yep, so we're going to move on to what was an amazing event, I feel. Last night, WrestleMania 35, it actually lived up to the height. Mm-hmm. We'll start off, we'll just do a quick and we'll go over all the matches last night. Some of them lived up to the height, something, but we'll start with what basically was quite a decent start in the pre-show, World Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Ross, I'll start with you first. What did you think? Uh, it's a bit weird. What, Twenty-five past ten. They start the they start the show. It's thankfully they got a lot more people than Kalisto Ryback. But I remember I was actually heading to watch it with you at Gary's. Like I'd be there for half past. I get a text twenty-five past. The first match is starting. I'm like, oh, God, we won the battle royals. It'll be something stupid. Walk in. Oh, by the way, there's a title in the line. What? Wait, what? So I was a wee bit annoyed that I well it started, but the match itself, good. Buddy Murphy always has good matches, but it's just a shame he wasn't. Like the main, at least the main event of the pre-show or on the main card a day. It's something we've just got to come except for the cruiserweights. Yeah, no, absolutely. And considering where it was in the cards here, 
it actually was quite a high impact full match. Oh, it was actually. Like I felt, I fairly enjoyed it. I mean, everyone like everyone knows like Buddy Murphy could always deliver a crazy match. Like I think he's been like the proper secret weapon of revamping two hundred five live. So the position of it on the card did surprise me because I'm sitting there going, "That's the first match, really, mm. really." They usually open with a battle royal. That's completely surprised me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Something so before you go to Scott, something I will say is maybe that was to bring viewers into 205 Live because uh, the first hour was for free on USA Network. Mm-hmm. So you're thinking with, you know, the big numbers WWE always gets on USA, is this a case of going, by the way, we have our own we have our own show on the network for these guys. Because mm-hmm. a ball for the dog gets thrown over my head. <laughs> we have our own show for the network, the guys, maybe this is like it was like it has to be there it's like a needs must sort of thing yeah but surely you could have put the women's battle royal there like you did with Andre last year like start it off yeah no, absolutely. I, I was quite surprised I thought maybe we would have started the show and as we knew it was finishing the show so I thought that kind of worked well but wasn't to be but still still, still a match and Scott we were talking about this last night when we were watching it the rule of playing at your hometown yeah. didn't come into effect last night uh, weirdly enough actually multiple times on that show some people actually got they went in their hometown, like, I think Vince is like, ah, it's best of me, I'm not scared of them, because usually I was like, ah, they lost in their hometown, their friends were probably watching. Yeah, it's kind of cruel to let them get beat off <laughs> their opponent and buy it in front of Manning, isn't it? Yeah. Mum's there, you've got to win. Yeah. Okay. I enjoyed the half of the match that I did see by the time we got there. Yeah, because you took forever to get ready. <laughs> you settled. In fairness, Gary said half past, unlike Mr. Hockney who showed up at 8 o'clock. <laughs> He did job at He showed up bang on ten. We're like, we said half ten. I thought we said between ten and half ten. That he means quarter past. He was determined to get a seat and a seat he got. Oh well. So moving swiftly on then from there, we went on to the match we all thought was going to open. The Women's Battle Royal. See, I'm going to come to you first. What's your thoughts on it? It wasn't very historic, was it? It really was. <laughs> I mean, it was scrappy to say the best. I mean, I actually think last year's was put together a little bit better. I think this is just People chucked in. It was good to see like Candice LeRae and Kyrie Sane like representing NXT this time instead of maybe having like the NXT five and six that they had last year. But there was actually there was like literally next to no storylines going into this. Like we had Sasha and Bailey last year. This year you had Asuka getting robbed. Asuka heavy on favorite. I mean, I think it's just like some of the eliminations in themselves. Like I was by the end, I was actually pulling for Sarah Logan to win this. So I was just like. She could have done with the push more than, you know, Carmella being the overall winner. Yeah. But it was nice to see Carmella, the fact that she got eliminated first last year and she was the winner this year. But it was basically just a replay of last year. She stayed outside the ring and then he says, hi, over you go. I'm the winner. Yeah. Wait a minute. No, yeah, totally. I've got an open question to both of you boys because I was with you last night. We all thought Asuka was going to cruise us and it looked that way until Sarah threw it over and we were quite behind Sarah Logan actually winning this and then to the horror and I can't remember which one of these it was screamed where'd she come from? And oh, that's no, I think that was Gary. Was it Gary? It was a quite a good scheme. I could mean any one of these. <laughs> <laughs> screaming where'd she come from? And there's Camilla. I mean top of a curveball. Because I didn't see her get I didn't start that again. Uh, she never got an entrance i never seen her in the, like, just the sea of humanity. Mm-hmm. I think her being, you know, Miss Money in the Bank, Women's Champ, Mixed Match Challenge winner, she'd be sort of front and centre to, because they usually do that with these battle royals, going, look, this isn't just a filler match, we've got people in here. Mm-hmm. And 
like Sarah said, Carbon Copy of last year's finished. It just for me it was the worst match of the night. You weren't expecting much for a battle royal. Mm. And I think the other battle royal was second worst to be honest, but <laughs> it was just like the main show when we get to the main show we're nothing but positive about it, but this mm. battle royal was a bit pish. <laughs> it was. But it is weird something I don't like about the women's division is that we've only just got tag titles and we don't have a mid card title. Mm-hmm. When you see the women's achievements, it's always just like women's champion four times, women's champion two times. She's got a big list of accomplishments now. She's a two-time Money in the Bank winner. She's a mixed max challenge winner. She's a WrestleMania Battle Royal winner. And she's a SmackDown Women's Champion. So it's like it is weird that she's managed to get so much done in a division that's so limited. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, you know, you say that ask me there. I had Alexa Bliss to her herself in the bloody chamber show. Like when she opened the show, I'm like where were you an hour ago? Like Ross with Ember last year. Oh, I was absolutely <laughs> outraged. Ember Moon, a year too late. Ember Moon returned in the Battle Royal, you wouldn't have known it because she just came out with everybody. I think and get her own entrance. It's also like yeah. Curtis Axel claiming he never got eliminated from the Royal Rumble how many years ago. He was still in it. Okay. Yeah, I kind of agree with Ross. I think it was probably was the poorest match of the night, uh, but it kind of lived up to the expectation. We weren't really expecting much uh, from it. I think that's why the the four women that were met in the Fatal Four Way in Asuka, I think they were thrown in this. I think. Asuka would have had a match against maybe like Mandy Rose mm-hmm. but I think then they realised we did this battle royal again and we give nobody for it so you guys are going to have to boggle him mm-hmm. no definitely it did feel quite rushed mm-hmm. but moving on to the next match a match that actually performed above expectations for quite a lot of us was the Raw Tag Team title match yes now I'm going to purposely ignore Sarah firstly because <laughs> give her a chance to absorb all this I'll go to Scott first Scott what did you think? I think it's probably the night for me. <laughs> Maybe not in New York, even though they're from there, but like this scene, like the idea of her all being like everybody thought like it's gonna be like the battle royal, but I think this means a lot more, especially with Zach and like for me it was very much vindication from three years ago watching Zach win the IC title, only lose it the next day. They could we haven't seen Raw yet, they mm-hmm. could lose it now on Raw. I don't care. Hawkins got his moment. Yeah. Raw? Yeah, we were talking actually it was um I think it was Dave that said he, he couldn't hear the crowd and what we were saying to him, you know, there's people talking in the room, the arena's not full yet, it's an open air arena, it's going to have to be something special that gets, you can hear the crowd. You could hear the crowd shouting, let's go Hawkins. He had Jets colours on, he was in Jets Stadium, giant stadium as well, you know, but he's a Jets man. Uh, Jets colours on, he was in his hometown. You, you've, I think we all knew it was coming, but the more sort of Zack Ryder got involved and started getting offence, you thought, oh, Revival going to sneak it. Kurt's losing because it's a hack. And then you got the roll-up, and it was like... I, I jumped with my seat, or I should say my footstool, because that's the seat I got because I was last in. <laughs> I jumped with my footstool. It was great. The, the Scots said, pop of the night for me. Glad Hawkins got his moment. I'd like to maybe see it a couple of months more. Just give him a, couple, a wee win streak. Yeah. And then, you know... He's had his moment, he can go back to Battle Royal fodder next year. Yeah, as we know, WrestleMania's where streets go to die. Yes. And that one yeah. did. Sarah, I know you're quite tender about this one. Say yeah. I'm a little bit bittersweet, I'm not going to lie. But it's only because, yes, looking at it, it was great to see Carl Hawkins get his moment. I did think it was kind of weird, considering that like he was the only one in the Jets clothes and everyone else was like in white and gold. Like everyone else had coordinated apart from him. He's like, <laughs> let me stand out. On Wednesdays we wear pink Kurt to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently on Sundays we wear white and gold. <laughs> there we go. But um, house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it was better to speak for me because everyone knows how much I like. I love the revival. They're like one of my favourite tag teams. 
But even I had to have it. I was just like, it would be a feel good moment. And I'm just like, I'm not mad if they lose. But I also was kind of mad. It's like, I can't win, but I can't lose with this either. So I wasn't actually that mad. Something I'll say about the revival, and it's how much I like them, is I was so excited when they get called up and then fought back to everything they had in NXT. The VOD villains, I didn't want them to win, but they were great matches. American Alpha, great matches, never wanted them to win. Gargano and Champa, never wanted them to win. I always wanted them to get beat off those teams, and I always cheered when they get beat, and I think that's the marker when someone's so good that in the moment you're like, I want them to get beat, but then you're looking forward to their matches at the same time. And I, I think, given the streak ending, that it had to be a fluky roll-up, mm. I don't think it hit the heights it could, because Kurt Hawkins is actually a good wrestler. So I'm hoping maybe at the next pay-per-view we get a rematch of what Kurt and Zach can actually do. Yeah, no, definitely. And it was good to see, as I said, Shake finally end yeah. and get a win because he's, he's, his performances in the last couple of months have actually greatly improved. Yeah, yeah. And it's just about time he finally got that W, wasn't it? So, moving on from that to probably the most, shall we say, pointless male match of the night, shall mm-hmm. we say, the match we all knew the outcome before it started, the Men's Battle Royal. See, I'm going to start with you. What was your thought on this? Well, considering I did actually pick the winner, because I was just like, nah, nah, it's too obvious, it's too obvious. <laughs> Go over your gut next time, Sarah, this is why I keep losing. But um, considering the fact that, like, not everyone really got an entrance, I mean, you got the Hardys had their entrance, Braun had their entrance in the Saturday Night Live, guys. I think they're the only ones that actually got a full on entrance, which mm-hmm. it was nice to see the Hardys getting an entrance. Mm-hmm. Considering it's like a year since they came back, it's like, yeah, that's great. But I think it was the fact that there was so much focus heading into this for the Saturday Night Live guys but I mean fair play to them I mean I would want to be underneath that ring when there's a whole bunch of men like running around on top of it and like I think that's going to be like one of the scariest things in the world is to be under a ring bodies above you exactly and they're under the ring (laughs) (laughs) and the fact fact that they're like not even training like you can see that they had like a little bit of training just considering like they did take a couple of bumps but towards the end but it was just like the general usual you see a couple of eliminations here a couple of eliminations there Andrade what an idiot eliminating himself but in spectacular fashion though it was in spectacular fashion. <laughs> and then coming down to the end, Saturday Night Live, guys, he's like, I'm sorry, we can work this out. Now, is it just me? Or did the guy's therapist look a lot like Chris Masters? I've heard people say that. Yeah. I actually thought they were blonde hair. I thought DCT. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in my opinion, he looked extremely similar to Chris Masters, <laughs> which if it was, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like thrown over the top. I was like, right. And then how convenient. Some some WWE guys are standing there waiting, arms ready, to catch this one last guy. <laughs> and it, it was the outcome that everyone expected, yeah. but what did you, what could you have like, expected less or even more of that? Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, for me, I think one of the biggest shocks was Apollo not getting an entrance because he had a major pop over the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. especially when they were doing you know, the big scurries and he was eliminating everyone from the ring. What, what's your thoughts on... No, likes of Apollo and maybe a couple others that maybe deserve an entrance like Mustafa Ali, Ali not getting one yeah, I don't know who this Mustafa fella is but there's a guy called Ali who <laughs> well, I do apologise I actually made Sarah call him Andrade because she sent me her predictions for this week and went Andrade Cien Almas I went I don't know who the CN Almas fella is like Sarah you have to say it you have to say I it I didn't actually though you're just like there's a there's a there's an Andrade I'm like yeah that guy yeah, that's just, that's just, just, just for the viewer's point if you could see Sarah's face right now Ross would be dead and buried oh. <laughs> that's Almas I believe he had a brief one next he just vanished off the face of the earth but um yeah it was well, Braun Strowman, first winner to get an entrance. We've always talked about how the winners... Yeah, somebody, that somebody's not too obvious. You know, oh, it'll not be somebody too obvious. 
The way Almas was floating about the ring, I actually thought they were going to ignore the fact that he eliminated himself. Like, it wasn't meant to happen. Mm-hmm. Didn't see the other 15 people there that they were going to throw <laughs> Colin Jost at. But, yeah, it's... The Battle Royale was always a tricky one, I mentioned last night. They always say it means nothing, but then they complain when big people are in it. Like, you have to put big people in it to make it mean something. Just... I think next year, maybe just go with 20 and do what New Japan did, which is they usually do the Wrestle Kingdom Rumble. Every, every 60 seconds, somebody gets an entrance, they get the big pop, they get a wee bit of time each, and it's not just everybody in the pool, everybody in, everybody <laughs> in, you know, 20 guys that actually deserve it, because, yeah. I mean, would any has been upset if Ascension and Lucha House Party went on WrestleMania last night? Would it have affected anybody's enjoyment? I forgot they even still worked for the company. <laughs> so there you go. Like the Ascension, I forgot they still worked for the company. So that, that's how much it would have affected Sarah's enjoyment. You used to shake your head and say no, so it's like... Look at why. I know, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's Battle Royal, isn't it? It was a Battle Royal. Yeah. Well, concerned here, my eyes eliminating both over the head machine. Yeah, I noticed to win. God, big Otis. Otis had the pop of the night. He, he did have a big pop. And also, just going on about Amash there, it really came as quite a shock the way he came off. I mean... We were talking about that when we watched the live because it, it looked like a big botch and you could see by his face that that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Do you still think he'd have won it if they hadn't made the mistake or do you think you'd have got to the final and then Braun would have just thrown it? It's one of those ones, like wrestling's never going to be the one where like, you hear six shooting interviews of that was meant to happen and then the person who it happened to said, oh no, that wasn't meant to happen. So you never get the truth, but mm-hmm. truthfully I think it was maybe meant to last a bit longer. I don't think it was meant to win it. I think mm-hmm. it was always meant to be the Saturday Night Live guys. I think he just over over rotated on the mm-hmm. Hurricane Runner and then just went, mm-hmm. oh Christ, I went to the top row. Well, the big surprise for me was seeing EC3 go as early as it is because like, you had a couple of jobs go out and then suddenly, oh, there goes EC3, like, all right, <laughs> you, you earned your key, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did see he was, a bit, he was turning it a bit of a job on that kind of yeah. submitted that one, didn't it? Sadly, yes. <laughs> right, so time to move on to the main card now and. I think possibly the biggest shock of the whole night, the Universal titles, the opening match, mm-hmm. yeah. the way the fact that Heyman just came out, interrupted Aye. Alexa Bliss and Hogan's moment. Let's be honest, it wasn't much of a moment. I don't think anyone remember that in about 10 years' time, maybe even next week, actually. Um, <laughs> but it was the host of SummerSlam 2014. I didn't realise that until I watched it back a couple of weeks ago. Like, there was a host of this? <laughs> there you go, that's how good a job he did. But... I joke uh, off the court when we did the whole theme show the other day for us that I would be surprised if it came out first because Blazer just doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. It's clear he wants to get away. But I said it, you know, for half hours, not believing it, and then it happened. But it certainly set the tone for the night. Yes. It was yeah. a great, great start, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I did like the reasoning as well, like playing up the. Because Heyman said in shoot interviews before, like, Rock Lesnar actually does like being here. Rock Lesnar likes the fact now that he doesn't have to travel. And he enjoys the time he has here. It's just the fact that he doesn't like people. <laughs> and I did like how they played into the whole spoiled champion, I get what I want, as if it wasn't meant to happen first, as if Heyman just came out and went, no, 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 I don't care if you've got Randy Orton and AJ scheduled for first, we're going first because we're not waiting about if we're not getting a main event paid. <laughs> sure. It was, it was definitely a big way to open the show. And like, it was great the way this, the Kofi match and Becky, like, they just wanted to by putting this first and also the mate. Becky the way then Kobe Mill they perfectly spaced out these feel good moments so they wouldn't like overdo it and let the crowd will be knackered by the time the main event came around and also you kind of give you more hope that Rollins wouldn't because if Lesnar wanted to kick off the show that really would have deflated things mm-hmm. in the crowd you know definitely 
and Sarah, the thing I quite liked about it was it's actually a quick match. Oh, oh, yeah. If you forget the 10 minutes of, you know, Lesnar ragdoll and rolling around the ring area, but the actual match itself was less than two minutes, I think, we worked out. Yeah. Kirsten Shearer taking a bump and no selling it. Unprofessional. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, see, when you look at it, we were discussing on the main preview, like, how many suplexes there was going to be. There was three. <laughs> three to five suplexes in total. And that was just inside the ring. One yeah. to the show side, curb stop. Curb stop. Curb stop, one, two, three, done. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> David did say it was a four he went for, David uh, Campbell. I think so, yeah. And you said four, we all went double figures. I know, we were like, it's going to be high, it's going to be high, it's going to be fine. But I think that's one inside the ring. I can't remember if there was any outside the ring because I was too busy watching my pal, who is a new wrestling fan, and she's like, has the bell even rung yet? Why is this not even rung yet? Get him in the ring. <laughs> and then when he gets in the ring, he's like, why is it? Why is the bell not ringing? I was like, you've got to check and make sure they're okay, Heather. I was like, you've got to. It's like, okay, fam. She went, oh, fuck this. Like, <laughs> See, watching a new, like, a new wrestling fan watch a wrestling show is the best thing ever. Yeah. It's the best thing ever. He even sold this perfectly. Like, the shock of him, like, when Goldberg was in there a couple of years ago, the shock of, like, oh, God, no. Like, he's hyping it up, Lesnar, and then to see him get, well, not demolished, but, like, being like this. See yeah. what I loved it was saying, like see when he was just sort of stomped right past Hogan, like in a proper frenzy. I was just like, what Hogan did out here? And then it's like Paul Heyman's like down to the ring and then see Seth on his way, all you see is Hogan going, nan, nan, not Hogan, uh, Paul Heyman going, nan, 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 with the title just behind but then going, look at what I've got, look what I've got. I was perilous. Because <laughs> I love I love Paul Heyman. I absolutely love him. I think he's one of the greatest advocates ever. Oh, it certainly is. And as Scott briefly mentioned Ross set the tone in the night and mm-hmm. it was the perfect way to keep this whole event going and it just kept going up and up and it just kept the pit tempo perfect didn't it the whole night yeah we were talking about obviously the revival versus Ryder and Hawkins that it was like 10 minutes of just people beating up Hawkins and it was sort of slow and it went 13 minutes this like you said just under 2 minutes fast, furious all the other place much like the Falls Count Anywhere and the Triple H match it was just so good and I like how they played into the like you can't low blow him you know, you'll be disqualified it was Brock pushing the ref that was his downfall mm-hmm. and I like that as we'll talk about with the main event arrogance is someone's downfall he didn't see Seth as a threat and as Scott mentioned last night the only member of the Shield to beat Brock Lesnar one on one at Wrestlemania absolutely everybody knows that Brock's testicles are his weak spot I always go for them like how many times have we seen Brock get low blowed and I'm testicles it's surprising actually Hurts because Sable's got him in the mad piece back <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad surprised he hurts him there but yes glad to see the back of that one because I'm glad he's no longer champion we could finally have a title that's worth defending now I did like the bit at the end as he's holding his groin and it cut to him and he just went I'll get you you son of a bitch <laughs> Yeah, we'll see that probably on SmackDown. <laughs> well, on the next one, uh, one, for me, one of the most anticipated matches of the night, AJ versus Randy Orton. Another solid match. Scott, come to Eunice. Didn't really hit the height that a lot of us thought was going in, but it's still a quality match. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's like it's a shame it had to follow uh, that match. And like, oh wait, I said at the time, AJ always seems to have weird placements on the main card, like, other than 33 where he kind of stole the show. Like, 34, he was right in the middle of the card. 32, he had to follow that ladder match, so 
like always feel that the crowd just aren't always as into as you talk because they've just seen something good before and yeah I'll, we were saying at the time like what the crowd were chanting something at the start I think I found it later like the lights and mm-hmm. I said probably you know where two right people couldn't see what, and then they were cheering the fact they turned the lights and they could see what was happening yeah absolutely Randy Orton actually made a point of that and he actually apologised to the fans mm-hmm. and to quote what he said you missed a fucking classic match mm-hmm. do you agree Ross? yeah like Scott said and like we mentioned on the WrestleMania 32 rebook this goes first, do you remember it? And I th- obviously this could have set the tone for the night as well. Because, like we said on the main rebook, when he fought Jericho and then put a ladder match on, the ladder match will still get the, the spots, like the mm-hmm. big AJ and Orton, and then that two minute squash match with Lesnar and Rollins, it'll still get the reaction. I think it's just a shame he was put on second. Second's always a hard one to follow. Mm-hmm. We've seen it at 32, obviously, with him. We've seen it at 33 with Jericho and Owens. You know, they had a hard act to follow, and I can't even remember what was second last year because Seth Rollins, Miz, and Finn Balor was so good. Mm-hmm. So it's a tricky place. The fact that half the crowd couldn't see it and were very out of the match, very displeased, really took away from it. Look forward to watching it back again because it is a good match. It's just a shame it didn't get the reaction it should have. Yeah, no, definitely. One of the things that caught us out of surprise last night, Sarah, was the way it finished because we expected Orton to kick up from the elbow. Oh, yeah. The finisher aspect seemed to be lost in this match, but the finishers just really weren't doing the job of the wear. It just came too soon. I mean, absolutely. I think that's kind of what took away. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for me, it was a solid match, but I think it was actually quite underwhelming. Like, this had the potential to completely steal the show, or at least steal the first half of the show. And for me, it wasn't as solid as what I know that these two men could actually put out. And I think the crowd did play a lot into that. I think that's probably one of the big aspects, like watching it back on the network. You'd, you'd think mm, this could have been a little bit better but no solid match and like the finish with all fairness I didn't even pay attention to the finish because I was in the glance can I stand you can I stand you oh did he win oh okay then the thing was it wasn't the, really the best looking for all four but I'm sitting like surely he's going to kick out and they went oh alright fair this apparently not I was like oh okay then <laughs> I thought it was going to be like the star of feud like or we get the first and eventually AJ would, would win the overall feud that's mm-hmm. why I went for Orton yeah, because like, Ross, you go to the sweep last night and then you realise, oh, I need to actually go get my notepad now and double check the sweep now. I mean, because you thought we'd have at least 10 minutes left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm like, well, I'll date at the end of this match. We'll get another. Oh, right, I feel enough, right, hold on. James uh, Murphy said this on our SummerSlam preview show about AJ Styles. I thought with his tight run ending, it would sort of go away. It's not. They seem like 10 minute matches that always end in 9 minutes. You always think you've got another wee bit to go and then bang, it's done. Mm. And it always kind of feels underwhelming. I think the stick forearm is a good finisher, but I think he needs to bring back the Styles Clash. Yeah. I really, I, I don't buy the forearm. Once again, it's a shame for AJ. It was a good match, but as Sarah said, underwhelming. I thought Orton was winning, for a simple fact. I thought he would be Kofi's first mm. challenger, mm. but who knows where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But we'll get to that match a wee bit later on. But next match we'll move on to now is the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Uh, I actually thought this was quite a solid match Good. a lot of big pops also I felt that the bar actually carried a lot of the match as well they did really well they did quite a lot of major spots during this mm. Sarah what was your thoughts on the match? I mean you can't really go wrong with three out of the four teams you can't go wrong with and then you've got Shinsuke and Naka which I still don't quite understand that team but they're there and they're challenging probably just there for maybe like a heel aspect even though you've got the bar even though they're kind of tweeners right now like you want to hit those you're probably supposed to hate them but you can't and then you've got the Usos 
everyone loves the Usos, and then you've got the wee sweethearts of Black and Ricochet. I mean, second time seeing them tag together over the weekend. Can't go wrong with that. And again, it was actually a few good spots in this match. I mean, you had Sheamus when he was clubbing forearms, like pretty much everybody. That was, that was hilarious. And then it was like the gigantic superplex, but Ricochet, of course, landing on his feet. He's basically like a cat with nine lice. Because <laughs> the man always lands on his feet. He actually does. But and then you had like this like this like the finish fest and you're like everyone's hitting their finisher and you're like I guess at this point Steven is like so many tag teams like I love tag team wrestling but I can't stand more than just a one on one tag team wrestling because you could forget who the legal man was and I was like, Who the fuck's the legal man in this? <laughs> I have no idea. And then it's like they were all picking on Seamus. I'm like, No, I've got Cesaro to get pinned back again in there and I'm just saying, I'm like, I was like, who the fuck's even the legal man in this match? I, I, you lose count though. Mm-hmm. You can, you just completely lose it. I was very happy with the finish. I had to get pinned by one of the Usos. <laughs> well, I chose to win, but I just have to take the fall. But Rusev was nowhere near it. You know what I mean? Talk Ricochet. Like I remember hearing rumors going about Takeover that he'd actually got injured in the War Raiders match, but you wouldn't actually. If he did, you wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. Watching this match, like. The bloody the spin he took from Cesaro went as long as oh, the Universal Title match. Does anyone even attempt to try and count that? I know we started and after I think it was seven we lost count because I, I think the Sheamus Lu- sort of took it away. We were just yeah. Like, mm, Lucy was counting the the beats of the Baron <laughs> and I think like there was about forty five beats on everybody on, and I think Cesaro got about fifty swings, mm-hmm. but God. God knows how he stood in his, he stayed in his feet after. Yeah, he, he stayed in his feet and just put him in a sharpshooter. <laughs> You're like, how? How right, are you doing this? I need a sit. I need a sit. <laughs> but uh, it was, I was talking about when I was doing the live tweeting, all eight guys, because obviously we had the eight-man tag in SmackDown, all eight guys WrestleMania weekend last year were in title matches, and the lead-up to this WrestleMania, the week before, they had nothing planned for them. So it was great to see all eight guys get on, especially Nakamura and his big... You know, pervert trench coat that was probably walking about <laughs> New York subway stations with. Okay. <laughs> I feel on that note we should move on. Yeah, yeah that was it. Sort of summed up. Next match was, I think, it was an absolute tremendous match. And the end, we were just jumped, we literally jumped out of our seat right before. We went, oh my God. No, no. Shane McMahon versus The Miz falls count anywhere. Brilliant match, I thought. Scott, I don't know about you, I think the best plot was when. Senior Miz came out yeah. to fight him, and it was like something that Grand Theft Auto when a pedestrian fights you. Big George up for a square go, as I said it was like, It's his potato. <laughs> I, I, I love this. It was just nearly they were going over in the crowd. Somebody, a fan fell in their arms as they're going past. <laughs> they did kind of like shades of May 17 for me, where the Triple H Undertaker spot and climbing up the, the scaffolding. And I actually liked uh, the finish of the match. I think it's quite smart because Shane technically didn't beat him, he just happened to have fallen on him. Yeah. So it's kind of protects Miz, because Miz was beating them up from what I imagine. Clearly, they want to keep this food going and get more heat on Shane and Fred Miz, because he's been a really good heel the last couple of weeks. Oh, definitely. Ross, it really showed Miz as a top player mm-hmm. in WWE, the way he carried himself in this and the way he dominated as well, didn't it? Yeah, we mentioned his face turn last time. It was really, really boring. It was just a simple case that there was so many injuries for the 2012 Survivor Series. They needed a face for Team Foley. Miz just kind of got thrown and then they just kind of kept him that way. And it just didn't seem to click. It was as if everything that works with him didn't work. This isn't so much face Miz. This is Miz using Shane to get ahead. And then when Shane insults his family, it's like, right, you insulted my family. We 
we can't be having that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure he said it in that exact tone as well. We must drill. I'll see you at dawn. But yeah, top player, and we always mention about how Shane McMahon's going to dive off something massive and take some. I mean, the golf cart spot was amazing oh, when he gets bounced off a golf. Because yeah. we were like, that table didn't break. Holy shit. No, it's a golf cart roof. But then you see the superplex to end the match. And you're like, fair play to Miz as well. Because they always talk about how Miz is such a company man. I bet you when that spot was proposed to him, he was just like, yep, cool. What? If Shane's jumping up something, I'll jump up something higher. Mm-hmm. Keep the ante and you know, Shane's big spots. And mm-hmm. say that, obviously we weren't with you last night, but when we seen it land, the th- everyone in the room jumped on went... <laughs> Shane's on top, Shane's on top, and then while we're shouting Shane's on top, the three count happened. Big twist, big shock. Absolute big shock. I, like, I, I wasn't with you guys last night watching it, but I had the exact same reaction. Like, I was still on the couch going, Shane's on top! Oh, no! No fucking way! No. Like, I think I I don't usually get excited for wrestling matches, especially when it's like somewhat time in the morning and I've been drinking and I'm tired. Right? I usually don't get that excited. I'm like, I'm quite reserved. Unless it's like a super, super... Oh yeah, oh yeah, bastard spot. Mm-hmm. I usually don't get that excited, right? I will full blown admit I do not usually get excited for things. I'm usually quite reserved. But well, this match for me, if they wanted to bring back the Attitude Era or at least highlight it, this is the match to do. They've yeah. done it absolutely perfectly. It's like it was shades of the Attitude Era, but still keeping. It's instead instead of going backwards, you're moving forward and developing, but taking parts of the past with you, which that's always really fun to see. But I couldn't actually get over the spots that Miz was pulling like we've always said that he's such a safe player mm-hmm. and that he looks after himself and like this is like the sort of big horizon like hey what Wrestlemania moment I'm going to call all out just don't kill me mm. and when, when we saw that Shane was on top I went are you fucking kidding me right now I was like no way yeah. <laughs> so this cannot be happening but it's a good way to continue the feud no, definitely absolutely brilliant way to continue it what was a nice touch as well is because as Shane kind of begging off like the heel when he knows he's like he's done like he tries to like get the sympathy like Shane is like no and he's just like he's a bit of talking mm-hmm. off like literally like you're sorry like <laughs> I did like it was very Shades uh, Champa Gargano at TakeOver SummerSlam weekend where Gargano got overzealous when Champa's begging him off and he flies into the monitors and that's what keeps him down for the 10 count this being overzealous and wanting to punish Shane ends up with Shane falling on top of him just mm. through momentum and costs him the match and it is just it, it is a good story to tell the, the betrayed person that is so over emotional and then it just plays into the heel character of I won yeah. I won <laughs> yeah for storytelling possibly are Arguably the best match of the night. Definitely. It's certainly up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So next match, I think this was match sort of tore the whole podcast apart because I think everyone in their head thought the hug and boss connection were going to retain. But I think realistic everyone wanted Iconics to win. And Senor Campbell was the only person <laughs> I know of that had the guts to go. Oh, sorry. Me and David both yeah. had the Iconics with Bailey to get pinned, yeah. and I was almost kicked out of Casadel Kernahan. <laughs> yes, yes you were actually. As we know, Lucy is the biggest Bailey fan out there. And I'm like, try to try to win favour because I'm cheering against him, going, ah, clearly ba- clearly Bailey's the Shawn Michaels of this team. Clearly Bailey's the and as soon as the, I'm like, best illegal person should have rope, somebody's gonna tag it. It's Billy, it's Billy, yeah! Sorry, Lucy. <laughs> Just to put it into perspective, the only reason Ross got to stay is because he opened the Doritos. Yes. That was it. 
I had three bags of Doritos. I, I fended off the rabid child. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, you said in the previous show, big fans of Iconics, but we just didn't really see it. We thought, no. I'd wish I went with my heart. Yeah. I really wish I'd went with my heart because, like, I am a huge fan of the Iconics as well. They're, like, without a doubt, the best characters in WWE. Like, that, and, and anyone can fight me when I say that. It's like, they're the best characters. And you can see the emotion on their faces, like, Billy and herself. Can we just talk for a second about Billy and Kate as Maleficent? For a second, that was yeah. magnificent. I loved it. The fact that she couldn't get her horns into the ring. Yeah. Well. <laughs> but no, I, I solely wish that I'd went with my heart because like, I'm sitting there like proper cheering for the Iconics and like all my pals are like, why didn't you just pick them in the sweep? I went, because I didn't think they'd actually win. I was like, I'm going to go with who I think is and what I want and I should really just start doing that. I, yeah. I did that one of the, I think it was the, the Elimination Chamber sweep. And I think it's the closest I've came in a while to winning. I think I get like 16 points out of 20. That's what I was like for Evolution. And I was just like, it was just that one match. Oh, that one match. That one match. <laughs> that was the story of my life. Until last night. <laughs> yes. I can deal with you, do you know, Dave? I just can't. can't say Sorry, I'll probably never win it again. I just went to Dave Hockey wins I'm quitting. <laughs> just give me a listen. I finally ended the streak of not winning this title. I won the thing. I am the champion. I am the champion going into the wedding. You this is the happiest you've ever seen. I'm going to the wedding. You actually wear the Kurt Hawkins of this podcast. I was. I took Nathan Fisher's award from him. Made it the Big Dog Award. Now we need somebody else to take that award. I was sitting going, anyone but three people. Campbell, Hockney and Wilson. Wilson, who was the only smug bastard, and he let you know about it, picked <laughs> Shane McMahon. Everyone else picked Miz in this week. Yeah. Yeah, so... Scott, go back yeah. to you. We talked last night about why is telling me that. Because Scott's got some. We've had some time to think about and digest that. Serious start on somebody. Yeah, that's pretty much what we all came to close last night. Yeah. We'll change. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Big like Tam the man. But yeah, big Tam. Jason Lawrence now. Thought, get it trending on Twitter. I thought I was thinking too logically about this. I thought no, that's too soon in their range for Liz. They'll build to a iconic key box and hug maybe later down the line. Like, oh, I can't do this. I made, I made that mistake. We're like. Right before, a couple minutes before this part, I'm like, yeah, Cork's been a bit too quiet here. Mm-hmm. And then just out of nowhere, there's Billy, like, oh, blind Jesus, tag. here we go. Mm-hmm. I popped for that blind tag. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Although, fair news to Beth for stopping uh, Naya splashing on Chris Ash. Oh, my God, she would have killed them. <laughs> <laughs> you lifesaver, Beth, or, like, you know, as Dave decided to start going last night, Betty. <laughs> like, for like, no random reason. It's like Peggy and Winston. She fell on a oh, Jesus, as he did. <laughs> I'm moving swiftly off from that. The next match, I think, on any other night would have been of the pop of the night if it hadn't been for Becky. Would have been the main event if it hadn't been pop. I agree. Kofi Kingston, Daniel Bryan, arguably match of the night, guys. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I'll start with you, Scott. What do you mean, Paul? Like it's starting off a bit slow, but I think we're all we're all just too busy chatting each other. Like Dave quite quickly pointed out, guys, guys, why are we not watching the match? Like, why are we focused on the match and? I think it starts off, I think that suits Daniel Bryan's style as a heel in the mm-hmm. early days, and then Kofi being the evacuated, and he was doing the stalks back to Bryan, and then the shenanigans with Rowan getting taken out way and up, up, down, down the outside, that was great. And yeah. It was always the tease, like, because you really hoped Kofi won because Big E came out of this box, and like, I bet something nice in that box is going to be really sad if he doesn't win here. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, see, we were discussing last night, actually, you know, Daniel Bryan has the perfect heel mentality and oh, movement in the ring. He couldn't have played this match any better be trying, could he have? No, absolutely. I mean, I think it's the fact that it got to the point that he wasn't even trying to be like this. He was just he just naturally hated it. Like, he can be the best babyface or the best heel. 
because he knows how to bloody work the crowd. And you can't get much better heel work than this. I mean, Kofi being like one of the most over people mm-hmm. and the whole blurring between kayfabe and reality, that really helped play into it as well. It didn't really help the fact that, um, see when Biggie and everyone was down at the ring, you could see on the podium, Black Velvet, something was like raised and I went, there's another fucking title under there. Well, they put, they put the hem belt over it to kind of try I know, they tried, it, uh, but, yeah, but it, just, didn't, really it didn't help with the cam work and Biggie having like a big parcel now. That also didn't help that WWE went and released the t-shirt on WWE, like, shop.com before the match even happened. But to be fair, yeah, you, well, know, like, you probably shouldn't be on WWE shop during WrestleMania. Though. I mean, if they're, advertising the t- if they're advertising the t-shirts, because like, it was like, buy one, get one for, for a dollar. Yeah, and also they've seen big reduction in title belts as well. And if you've got the money, I, I mean, I know myself had the money, I'd go and buy one. Uh, if you're going to buy it, like, just go and get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like in 28, John Cena brought his new green t-shirt for his match with the Rock, but you've seen in the opening match, there are people in the crowd in the front row and Harker with the new shirt. Like, well, Cena's got a new shirt. <laughs> Do you look at that? Yeah. And said the same, even if you're not on WWEshop.com, you're usually tweeting or interacting with people online. Mm-hmm. There's a chance if you're just scrolling innocently through uh, Twitter, like, timeline. by the way guys, there's a new Kofi Kingston shirt out. Thanks um, Ryan sat in the pro wrestling sheets, thank um, you very much. Dick. Ryan Seaton. I know, nobody can just enjoy wrestling, can they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed this match. I also enjoyed the fact that Quacko's new sweepstakes system was looking at who had the best rating on WWE 2K... 19. 19. I'm trying to remember what game we're at here. I forgot what day it is. <laughs> uh, 2K19. And because Daniel Bryan has a better rating, he just texts me. I know I said this, but I'm going with Kofi. I can't bet against Ghana. <laughs> yeah, and Quacky, I know you got your moment. Ghana's f- second favourite son after Michael Essien has won the title. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Essien's done more for sport. I'm sorry, I'm going with that. But Kofi, well deserved. Kofi's first one on one match at WrestleMania as well. Yeah, yeah brilliant. And he, what a match as well. But I think what also made this match just I don't know about you see if you were thinking about the people you were after last night we were just waiting on the turn yes yeah, and I'm so happy it didn't come I mean still waiting for it it may happen tonight but the fact the moment you knew death was coming is when these kids came out mm-hmm. when the oh, kids yeah. came out you yeah. we were like we're safe we've got this night and I think if they oh, no, turn no, no. nothing more than no, that no I was going to say ch- children are never safe as well you said they came bitches Punch Kofi, new kid recovers from a jab to the dark. I get, t- I get, I kept getting told to stop being so negative. It's like we don't need this kind of negativity in our lives. I was like, but I think I was like, Biggie's gonna turn. It's gonna be Biggie. Don't know why Biggie, but it's gonna be him. If they, if one of them turned last night, would that have ruined possibly whole mania? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not sure. There were so many crying children. There'd have been a champa level heel. Yeah. And I'll keep mentioning him. But do you know what I really like? The nice wee touch when Biggie and Xavier go to get the new belt. And Xavier has just went. He is like he's so happy. And it's Big E, like they're both gonna give him it, and Big E just gives Xavier the title and goes, You give him it. Mm-hmm. It's just such a nice moment. And you tell they are genuinely happy. Mm-hmm. That's no fake, that's no mm-hmm. kayfabe. Mm-hmm. They are genuinely happy their pal is the champion. I just theory would also like the side plates just say Kobe Higgs and I thought they'd be like some say like unicorn style side plates and I said to Ross, is it because like like they've been saying this past month it's about Kobe's but the eleven years to get here? So I think it's a case of like put Kofi's name on it because it's not about the new day right now, it's about Kofi. Or is it the fact that he's still not designed his actual plates yet, so they've just gave his name? That could be an option. They um <clears throat> they released after the four hundred like fifty odd day reign. It was like a new day title and it was the tag titles, but the strap was like the bootyos style box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought that's what it was gonna be. <laughs> and I was a wee I was a wee bit like, really that's gonna be and then I was 
my mood just turned to disappointment. I was like, oh, actually, I kind of wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got the normal title back. Like, no. I want a bright and colourful one. Oh, or, you know, a cat coloured one. Oh, <laughs> oh no, don't get quacky ideas. Don't get my. But, without the first African American WWE champion, big question, most deserved. Absolutely. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Definitely move on to, if you want to call it the job of match, the squash match, the toilet match of the night. US title. We barely got comfy last night getting ready for this, Sarah. What did you think of it? Uh... I knew this was going to be a squash there and then. I knew that. It was also the fact that they kept saying, Dominic's going to come out and be ringside. But where the fuck was Dominic? Ringside, <laughs> we just never got to him. <laughs> um, where the concession stand. Uh, clearly, it's just like, oh shit. It's like when Ray was like, late at the hydro. It's just like, oh, I'm ready to go get this. Oh crap, that's my dad's entrance. Oh fuck it, it'll be fine. <laughs> I think that's probably what happened. I think also the fact that Ray was actually, I'm pretty sure he was injured heading into this match and it was quite questionably, might not going to happen. But what a way to work it because I remember Samojo in like TNA and everything as like the big bastard heel. Yeah. Like he was untouchable and see, they've not shown that in the WWE. I've said that so many times that he's not looked as dominant. There's been launches, but not the full thing. Exactly. And this one was basically a couple of wee strikes, cookie to clutch, boom. And you're like, I'm not mad about this. I'm not mad. Mm. But I was like, so much for the toilet break. You know, yeah. This is where the toilet Lacey Evans came in as well, wasn't it? No, she came in oh, for the tag title match. Oh, yeah. we, we had to yell at um, <laughs> we had to yell at Dave the sweep because we had Lacey, he had Lacey Evans to interrupt the SmackDown tag titles. Like she didn't interrupt it. She, she came, came out at, before it. Before she just it. walked out. Which, even if we did give Dave the point, he still wouldn't be champion. He still wouldn't even come second. No, he would have come second. Oh, did he? Would he have been Tom? <laughs> I think he drew with Tom. Him, Derek and Tom were With time. Joint time. I remember, he still wouldn't have won. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, and you, know, I, you, know, but, you know JBL somewhere, they can like, smile and be a year after what happened to me at 25, we haven't been like yeah. 21. They're like, how do you like it? Yeah, we <laughs> And last night ourselves, when Mysterio came out, uh-huh. We spent longer talking about the outfit he was wearing than the actual match because yeah. it seemed to be absolutely the person in the room that actually knew what he was wearing. Mm-hmm. He was Mysterio from Spider-Man. Yeah, me, yeah. And, me and Gary turned each other and mentioned about every Spider-Man villain before going, Mysterio, it's like, how am I your mother when Marshall shaves his head off? Like, how are we going to hide this? And then they eventually go, hat. We thought of Native American headdress before we thought, hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's his name, it's Mysterio. But... We were talking, Sarah's talking about the dominant heel Joe that you don't see. I thought he was going to get jobbed out last night because you see right at the start, Ray's the one getting the offence. Mm. It's only Joe who, like, through his skill, grabs him and chokes him out. Mm. And it was sort of like, oh no, Joe's going to get squashed. Oh, Joe won, but I mean, left after Mania one year, injured the next year, eventually gets his WrestleMania moment at like 38. It's a minute, exactly. Come on. Oh, we couldn't could at least put him in a fatal four way, like could we not form like Owens and Ali or Almas in there? But Scott, does that not help his character being this dominant yeah. force? I, I said like you keep saying like he's a killer, like yeah, we don't always see it like like Bray Wyatt's gonna be this big character and yet you rarely ever see it, it just looks silly. Like and this really established Joe as a killer, like he just scores a former world champion mm-hmm. in under a minute. Like it'd be fair on a match card with sixteen matches at like four in the morning. I'm happy to see a bit of a sports match like alright, let's get this on, I want my bed to get Yeah. Poor Derek was melting at this point. He was. Sadly Derek didn't last the whole night. But he's nice to <laughs> So yeah, 
So moving on to the next match, the match that emotionally tore me right through because we had my namesake, the big dog, Roman <laughs> Reigns versus the Scotsman, Drew McIntyre. See, I'm going to come to you. Did this disappoint? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was actually so excited for this match. Mm-hmm. But it was the fact that they made it all about uh, Roman Reigns' cancer treatment. And I was like, "There's what a way to take away from his in-real-life battle to make it all about this. No, I was not a fan of this. I mean, you had a couple... Couple of okay moments, but basically Drew jobbed out to Roman Reigns, in my opinion, which mm. is quite sad to see. Because end of the day, yeah, Roman is probably the big face of the company, but you've also seen a big heel face of the company, and let's just face it, Shane McMahon is not that. <laughs> so Drew McIntyre is who you would think, but like I said on the preview show, it's like Roman was the big boss at the end of the game, and Drew just hasn't got there yet. He will get there eventually. He'll probably end up beating Roman. Like it'll be like a we match at SummerSlam, no doubt, and he'll probably beat him then. Mm. But in my opinion, this was such an underwhelming match. Yeah, I was actually quite bored. Scott mentioned it last night. Pretty sure Roman is still not anywhere close to 100%. Would you agree yeah. with the way the match went, the way the movement of it? Yeah, I think you'd, you'd see that he probably wasn't 100%. Like, you know it wasn't going to go long, it probably was for the best. Like, I said to you at the time, like, it's weird how the split people predictions wise so much, despite of having really nothing on the line. Mm-hmm. And even like coming out like, yeah, you got that big response the first night you came back for the war. It was a little bit, bit, bit more mixed. And then, you know, I think, like, we see, like, the goodwill, I think, is starting to wear off. Like, we need to actually start doing something with Roman now. And mm. just rely on he survived cancer, like, which is yeah. great. But, like, you can't just rely on it. You can't make it that his whole character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I felt personally he took away from Drew. Really affected him because I think he's arguably the hardest working wrestler in mm. the world. Well, some come to, come to yourself here. Sarah and I and the rest of the guys in the previous show briefly mentioned that if Drew lost it wouldn't tarnish anything because there's no shame in losing to the face of the company mm. however the way they've done it makes me feel that that is what exactly what they've done what do you think? One spear could we could we know maybe had one or two like mm-hmm. you know he's there's no shame in losing to Roman and when you think about the fact that um, the last time Wrestlemania was in MetLife Stadium much like Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston was not wrestling, he was on the preview show. Drew McIntyre was employed by the company in a 3MB gimmick and not on the card. He's since left, became the hardest working wrestler in the world, a world champion in TNA, world champion around the globe, made the ICW title a world title. He He's done so much to get back there and I don't think there's any shame in the fact that he lost and I don't think looking back it'll affect him, but there was just, it didn't have that oomph sort of yeah. fact that didn't have like I think see at Wrestlemania at, now that these automatic rematches are gone could we not maybe have Orton and AJ and Roman and Drew and it's a case of by the way guys whoever wins here is number one contender heading out of Wrestlemania because something that people always complain about Wrestlemania is once Wrestlemania is done there's sort of a lull period mm-hmm. Wrestlemania will, also, will be the end of storyline also the start of storylines Mm-hmm. And I think that really could have helped Drew last night because the dismantling of the shield, he took out Ambrose, he beats Roman at Mania, and once Brock's gone, he goes after Seth. That that could have been the perfect story to tell. Like I said, not harmed, but not a fan of the, the finish. This is one of the few matches in the card I was just like, could have done with that, to be honest. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I do hope it doesn't actually affect Drew's progression because as far as I'm concerned, I know pretty much everyone in the pod agrees he is at some point this year the Universal or WWE Champion if he's going to go no, SmackDown he's going to be winning and he quite deserves to be there yeah. so 
move on to there to one of the, the probably the big shock tonight um, wasn't actually a match but the Doctor Thurgonomics yes. return oh my god I love that um, match yeah so guys I'm just going to open up to WTF Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Suddenly, suddenly it's 2004, it's a Saturday, and I'm watching SmackDown on Sky Sports because John Cena said Dr. Thugonomics again. I think that's like the last thing that people expected when it came mm, yeah. to John Cena. Like, we knew he was going to be there, but we half expected him to be interfering, like maybe the, the Angle Baron Corbin match. Mm-hmm. So, bring back Thugonomics was mm. probably the highlight of the night because, like, I'm sitting there going, well, this video package is hitting, right? And then he comes up and I'm like, my, my, my jaw just dropped. I went, holy shit. I was like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm 13 again. Because I was sitting there and it was Babe Ruth, who's meant to be like the greatest baseball player of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, right, it's going to be one of the best of all time. You know, they've done, the, like, obviously Undertaker's always classed as it. They did the thing, Raw 1000, Daniel Bryan said, the best of all time, the rock's music hit. Stone Cold is viewed as the best of all time by Vince McMahon. And obviously you had Hulk Hogan there. So you had like, everyone's like, Right, it's one of these guys, it's one of these guys. And then it's like, oh crap, it's John, because it throws you as well, because he's a Red Sox fan as well. And you're like, he's got, the, he's got the logo of the team for the city, he's got the knucks on, he even called it the FU. It was just so good. Yeah, he cut the news of like, dot com, so the interviews after the matches, all these shows, and John C. said his, like, up until Thursday, I was filming a movie, I wasn't meant to be here. <laughs> like, and he wanted to do something, and he thought, Let's just do something fun, let's bring back this character. And like, having seen him at the Hall of Fame, like, look at how weird his hair looks now, it just feels like a dad who's got his old jacket once he's hit for you, like, oh, I remember back in the day. Do you know what? <laughs> I mean, it's a great piece, and it'll do no harm to Elias, to be fair. No. And at least he got a WrestleMania moment this year. Well, that's the thing as well. Um, Eric Rowan, like, I slated him in the WrestleMania 32 <laughs> rebook. Would you rather be fodder on the Battle Royal or the hard man watching Daniel Bryan's back in a WWE title match, even though you don't have a match? This is the same way Elias last year. He got to interfere during Undertaker um, John Cena. This year he got to do the concert and then and, uh, do the battle with Cena and the mm-hmm. fight at the end. So there is sometimes it's the case of it's what you do on Mania. It's not so much a match. Yeah. It's more the, the relevance of the... Mm-hmm. Of like, the segment. Like, it's the same year, row actually, I just remembered that they've done a thing between Elias and Cena. Is this going to mm. be the modern day version of Kane and Pete Rose? <laughs> <laughs> let's not, let's hope not. Um, well, I know it moves perfectly on to back in the day. We finally got a bit of nostalgia for the night. Triple H, Batista. We failed. This, <laughs> this match was gruesome. Yes. There's no really other way to put this. I mean, uh, I'll come back to Sarah because she's bulking at the moment. Uh, I'll go to you first, Scott. The nose ring. Oh, what the fuck? Triple H has been watching that Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy Hell in a Cell match in his spare time. Also, the Mad match engines, it's just whatever DVD or whatever's on Netflix that Triple H watches over the Christmas period mm-hmm. that inspires his entrance. He was injured and he got the Mad Max box yeah. out. Look, I think it's safe to say Triple H is a kinky man. <laughs> well, I, I'd put David, David Hotley actually came out once. Kay said the kind of good at the same time when he was working with Jay, and that's why I called Chain Wrestling. Oh no! <laughs> I uh, I actually was live tweeting for the podcast at this point, and I've just put so who had Mad Max for the rest uh, for the Triple H WrestleMania sweep? I think that should be a bonus question on our sweep next year. What movie or TV series is Triple H going to take inspiration from? I see, you've seen that now and go. I'm not doing it just next year. I'm not fighting. I'm going to go out on a limb for next year. I'm going to say Pretty Woman. <laughs> Triple H will come out to Pretty Woman. See that? <laughs> um, okay. 
What was your thought in the match overall? <laughs> I can't even just oh. I could barely watch this match. I mean, when it got to the nose trigger, I was just like, no! I was like, no, no. Take this away from me, please. I don't want to talk about this anymore. I love, I love Sean Mike who's gone. His nose is bleeding and he's going out. He goes, of course his nose is, is like, bleeding. no shit, Sherlock. I saw Sean O'Connor. I think you don't you, you, you know, know. I forgot he was even there. You didn't notice that at halftime heat pod because you were paying attention to all the great spots and then suddenly when the match is going slow, it's like, thank God, Sean, you're... As bad at commentating as you're good at wrestling. <laughs> this was one of the ones, it's an in the moment match, it's a Rock Hogan style match. It's two big guys, it's two guys living off the name, and there was a couple of really gruesome big spots. Yeah. And I think this is one of the ones, I don't think I'll watch it back because I really enjoyed it last night. It'll be one of those ones when I watch it back and like, this isn't as good as I remember. Yeah, Rick Flair. Uh, Rick, did Rick Flair get Batista a sledgehammer as well, by the way? No, no, he was no, no he was there was two under the ring. And Triple H had taken one into the ring, but Batista grabbed it, oh, right. and that's when Ric Flair came in. I was like, oh, I was, I was this bastard back already. I, cause, I was like, <laughs> did he give them both one as if it was just like the Homer Simpson one? I want to see you fighting for your parents' love. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. Well, we'll move on quickly before seeing a box. Um, what do you think? No surprise to the result? Mm, I, I maybe thought he would retire and then get coaxed back out. I thought he was going to do a Mick Foley. Mick Foley retired and then wrestled the main event for WrestleMania the next month. <laughs> He's had more retirements than the Rolling Stones. Yeah. I thought Triple H would have been the same, like he'd have been coaxed back out of retirement. So I really did think Batista would win, but Batista said he wants one last match against rest, uh, Triple H WrestleMania. It's nice to see a legend of the business get that, hopefully Hall of Fame next year. Uh, yeah, like, I thought similar roles like Trojo died and somebody fair next year in a couple of years will try and draw him back out, like Adam Cole or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, when Batista fell getting in the ring, I immediately like, okay, maybe he's no winning here because it's, <laughs> it's such a good entrance. The pyro, they come out and they'll like, the car until that back, point, and then you even have to go circle the ring and try and know you laugh and then get back in the ring. Yeah, I kind of set the tone for the match, didn't it? Really, kind of. Right. So before Sarah throws up all the place, we'll swiftly move on um, to what many people were really quite annoyed about this match: Corbin versus Angle, the retirement match. Knew it was going to happen. Um, <laughs> For me, the result wasn't in doubt. I couldn't see anyone but Corbin winning. But for we'll going to you first, Ross, Corbin winning and winning clean, mm-hmm. it's going to help his career massively because Angle's got nothing to gain at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really think if you want to build on the goodwill of, of this win, or sorry, the ill will of this win, you need to have him beat someone we really, really like. It, it's why they want. Baron Corbin is not one of these ones who wants to be a funny heel. He is one of these ones when you see his tweets, you're like, oh, you bastard, you, you know what you're doing. And uh, I think he should maybe, and please don't punch me here, Sarah, I think he should beat Finn Balor for the title. <laughs> I think he should build one. I think if Sami Zayn is going to come back, Corbin should beat him. I think this this has to be about one. This cannot be like it's not drilling into my soul. <laughs> I I don't. It's getting awkward here. This cannot be like a club beating the Dudley Boys. This can't be wasted. My head's about to explode because she's willing it to explode right now. But this can't be like the club beat the Dudley Boys where it's like they got the they got the big what uh, they got the 
big attack in retirement. This this is a twenty year veteran. This is Kurt Angle is one of the best, if not the best, of all time. And he beat him in six minutes clean. You need to build on this, and you mm-hmm. need to build while it while the while it's there. Right. Yeah. Oh, like, to build on what I said, like the whole he knows what he's saying, like the whole troll, like the you can't see me thing. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Like he said, whatever you think of him as a wrestler, you can't deny his heel work as a character is like second to none. Mm-hmm. Also. Yeah, the minsole, I think you can all predict, like, I'm pretty sure, I don't think he said the minsole since he had hair. <laughs> Wait, I don't ever remember Angle landing the minsole, to be yeah. fair. No. Yeah. I'm telling you, like, TNA 2011, and he's Jeff Jarrett in a steel cage, and he's like Rick Flair. he nearly killed Jarrett when he landed him. He's like Ric Flair, he only, like, he goes to the top rope, you're like, it's not going to end well, is it? <laughs> see, I know you're not happy with what Ross said, I can see what a lot of people said, but my thinking is, he's going to get pushed for the Universal title now. Can you see that? Who figured Baron Corbin? Baron. Uh, no. <laughs> Not quite yet. I mean, with all fairness, his song is better than what he is. Oh, the song. Well, the song like, the song in terms of being a heel, like, is, uh, the song is better for a heel than what he actually is in, like, in general. But I've always said this, when it comes to a retirement match, you never go out on your feet. You always go out on your back. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was the same with Ric Flair. I mean, yeah, they did make it a career versus career match. That was fine. That was a stipulation because then it could have gone either way because at that point we thought Shawn Michaels could have retired at that time. Mm-hmm. And that's what they gave it the shock factor. This one didn't give it the shock factor. We knew, I knew for a fact, and I kept saying, whoever retires never, ever go out on the feet. They always go out on the back. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that C. Corbin beat him clean maybe did help. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Sorry, there's a dog distracting me. I've lost my train of thought. There's a dog here. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. There's a dog Allie, here. what was your thoughts on the time of match? There's a dog here. Well, she's Just my thought. She liked oh, my knee. I'm pretty sure she was unhappy with it. Uh, okay, well, on that note, we'll move on before she starts fucking everyone. <laughs> um, the next match, the match for the main event. For me, this is where WWE have shot themselves in the foot by announcing the demon early. Mm-hmm. Saying I'm going to come to you before you literally explode. <laughs> should WWE have done what I think the majority of people think they should have done? Not mention the demon and then the demon appear. I mean, with all fairness, they have been advertising the demon since Fastlane. <laughs> it was help. like it was on the poster. The demons in the corner. I'm like, well, that's fucking ruined everything now, isn't it? I mean, because the only time that I ever got a big surprise when it came to the demon, like we always knew in NXT. Takeover was going to be the, the demon's domain. He could not defend it by himself. Like he won it. No, he didn't even win it. It's not the demon. He won it as the demon, uh, like the NXT Championship, and then he won the Universal Title as the demon. The only time that it's ever properly surprised me was his match against Baron Corbin, when it looked like it had enough. We thought it was going to be fed, and came the demon. Proper pops for that. Yes. But announcing the demon ahead of time is just a stupid ass move. And the fact that it got told to do the tongue which made the demon look cheesy and not scary. Which, I think it, got, it kept getting to the point, I was just like, when the fuck is this match going to happen? When the fuck is that? Are you serious, this is going to go on before the main event? Uh, it's going to be a squash match, okay then. I think the demon has got to that point where it is kind of cheesy now. It's, the it, tongue was just cheesy, it's like, uh, you're, like you're like, Finn, put the tongue away, bitch. Do you know, <laughs> do you know the, the best demon is when he appears out of nowhere, Undertaker style, like in NXT... Jab Cropper one was my favourite. <laughs> in NXT where um, it was the week before TakeOver and he goes, you're going to see the demon once again and then the lights go out and the lights come back on and he's sitting on the turnbuckle and Kevin Owens just about 
himself. But in fairness, I liked his entrance. His entrance was His great. entrance was amazing. Like, I'm sitting there going, like, the swirling of the, like, the skies, and I'm like, oh, he's on a podium. One of the best entrances at night, actually. We were seeing very oh. dark mall. Yes, yeah, I was time. underwhelmed by the body paint, not gonna lie. Underwhelmed by the body paint. <laughs> you, you knew yeah. it, it wasn't the typical demon movie. You see his abs, so it's okay. You need to calm down. You knew, <laughs> had, to done, you knew had, to, I had to go on late, also, because I had to wait for a good and dark frame to properly work on late Undertaker May 31. And like, fair just the life that you got more offense in than bloody mm-hmm. Baron Corbett, so it was like you got that spear, like. Down through the ropes. What was with yeah, his contact lenses? Also, also, yeah. also fair just defend before we get him up for the power bomb. Yeah. I really enjoyed this match. Right? It was a good match, I thought. And also, I think I mentioned to you guys last night, and I'll go to you saying this when he plays the demon, you actually notice the step up in his performance. I mean, Balor's always a constantly brilliant performer, but there seems to be an extra sharpness and quickness to him when he does perform as. The demon, did you notice that last night? It's hard for me to say because I've watched Finn since back when he was in ICW, mm-hmm. like before he went to New Japan. Like I've watched him for years and years and years, so it's really hard for me to say that I noticed any step up because I actually don't. Right. Like I think he's he is consistent, but I think he's sort of forced to do that in the sense it's like you're supposed to be the extraordinary man who does extraordinary things, and then the demon's supposed to be completely unstoppable. So you are supposed to see that wee notch, but I, it just gets to the point that I've seen that I've seen that so often that I just I, I can't tell the difference anymore. We so, seem to notice it last night, guys. He seemed a bit sharper, a bit faster than he normally is. Like, a lot of people have said like he should do something different as the demon. Like he should have like a finisher that he only ever hits if he's the demon, mm-hmm. which shows the range, which is fair enough. We talk about as good as the match was. I think that's, it, when, the, that's when the bloody Sunday should be hit. That's, that's, I think it kind of deserved this season, given the build it's had, even though it was a good match in itself. Yeah, I actually think the bloody Sunday should be his normal finisher <gasps> and his top rope antics when he's just throwing everything to the wind and he doesn't care because he's the demon. He's he's subtly. I'm going to use a reference that some of you will get here and some of you will actually love it. Supernatural. Mm-hmm. When someone gets possessed by a demon and their eyes go black and mm-hmm. it's like. They they don't care what they're doing. They they'll attack anyone. They'll go for anyone. The demon should not be healer face. The demon should be demon. The demon should be high flyer. The demon should be high risk Shane McMahon style moves, mm. jumping off of everything. And Finn Balor should be the extraordinary man who's just really good at wrestling. Yeah, should be there should be a, a difference between the two. Mm. No, I totally agree. But it did step us up for the match. Everyone wanted for the last six, seven, eight months. We finally got got it. By God, it didn't disappoint. Uh, Scott, I'm going to come to you. Yeah. Becky Lynch is, they're not calling her yet, but I'm going to go with the undisputed women's champion. Mm-hmm. How good does that sound? That is really good. And like, I was so nervous because Kofi won Seth and I thought it's going too well here. Mm-hmm. Something something may happen to cynicism. After he really took over, it's like something's been happening. Mind you, before we talk about the match, the entrances were stellar. Like mm-hmm. Charlotte coming in the helicopter, Joe and Jet coming out. Ronda completely popped. Like you saw her corpse in him. Like she's like seeing her, she's like, that was so cool. It's like she's like proper happy. And then you see her storming out of the ring. You're like, yeah. you just completely broke yourself there. Becky just was over. She didn't really need to do it. She just came out, and you see all the man signs. Like she. She I, I like her Kill Bill attire. That's what we were saying last night as well. Uh, I like the fact as well, it shows how much she means to the company. She came out after the champions. Mm. The Royal Rumble winner came out after the both champions. It's it's that it means that bit more. It's not just Ronda 
the, the Raw Champion is Ronda and Charlotte SmackDown Raw Champion. She has the most prestigious sport mm-hmm. in wrestling. Mm-hmm. The last sport, the last entrant in the main event of WrestleMania. I did like the throwback to Bash at the Beach 85 when Ric Flair arrived in the helicopter. He was in all blue. Charlotte last night in blue helicopter. Been the helicopter. I thought Evolution was coming in with in the helicopter. I'm just expecting Motorhead to start playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go on to the elephant in the room when it comes to it. The finish. Mm-hmm. Sarah? What's your thoughts on the finish? That clearly wasn't meant to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you keep people keep saying like the speculation is that Becky was meant to pin Charlotte and that she wasn't meant to pin Ronda. Like you can see clearly see that Ronda's shoulder was off the mat. Mm. But again, this is all down to the referee's view. Mm. You can see that she's getting pinned, yeah. But Becky's body's in the way, so it can open up for a continuation down the line. Because I think everyone was a bit shocked by that finish. Like I don't even think Becky was actually. Mm-hmm. She was actually like you can see she's just like, Wait, what? That's it over. Like I because like WrestleMania was advertised until half past five in the morning. This match finished at twenty five past. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting thinking like, could, was there an extra minute? Was there a couple of extra minutes mm-hmm. on this match? So the, the finish for me a bit controversial. But if they spin it right they can do complete damage control on this because I don't think that's meant to happen. Well, yeah, absolutely. Because we were talking about it, boys, last night. That <coughs> when the ref count won, neither Ronda's shoulders were on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then she hit two, three, and then that's when you see Ronda kick up because the heart. It's the two count at that point. Um, Scott, come to you. It's been reported this morning that Ronda's got a broken hand. Um, the reports are... There's two different versions of the reports yeah. I've seen. She's broke it uh, in the match. The second story I've heard is she got so angry she's punched it off a wall and broken it. Mm. See, regardless, do you feel this is seriously going to affect Ronda going forward in the company? I don't think so because uh, you talk about the fact all the speculation about it. I think it's similar to what I said, but honestly, I don't know if we'll actually get the full story of like if it was this meant to happen because I think WWE will try doing the line to use this as a storyline going forward and try and build it and try and make it look like it was meant to happen. And then there'll probably be people, people inside of like Dave Meltzer saying, no, it wasn't meant to happen, so we won't really know. Screw Dave Meltzer. So, I can't wait for him to say, well, actually, the attendance record was this amount. Like, who cares? But, like, yeah. Like, and I think it really does leave it open for future stories, because, like, Charlotte has a, a cause to fight Becky because she wasn't involved in the decision, and she said it was maybe my moment, not yours. And then you can have Ronda using the whole mash tools were down, I got screwed. Yeah, I think, like, they can, you can use this to their advantage, and... I didn't really think it was strange that it ended 25 past because I thought you could make you play a tiny past in the... the no, actually, the actual, the the actual, everything, like, the actual network went off at 25 past 5 this morning. I did? Yeah. Because mm. I, um, I could finally go to my bed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I thought you meant the finish. I, I don't realise you meant the actual like, No, the show actual ended. show ended, so I'm pretty sure the finish actually ended at, like, 20, 20 past or, yeah. like, a couple of minutes before that. Um, I'm hoping this leads to three things. One, a match with Charlotte where Charlotte can go, Charlotte can go, you claim to be the undisputed champion, you didn't pin me and it was a dodgy finish. Mm-hmm. Two, I'm hoping that with one world championship for the women's division, that we can maybe get a mid-card title, because let's be honest, not if there's only two world titles, it means that's the only title people are ever going to win. And there's plenty of people in the women's division, much like the men's division, that aren't world championship material. So I'm hoping like they can do the the thing the tag titles are doing, the world, the mid-card and the tag titles can go between both brands. Mm-hmm. And three, I'm hoping that next year we get Rousey Becky, but a non-title match. Mm. The first non-title, proper one-on-one women's match at WrestleMania, I think that would be really good. I think next year you could see at least five 
matches for the women at WrestleMania, the Battle Royal, the women's title, the tag title, if they ever set, if they've split the titles again, or if they have a mid-card, and Ronda v Becky. And I think that would be proper progress for the division. So I'm thinking, I'm, I'm positive coming out of this because we want Becky to win. It's not as if it was Charlotte or Ronda that got the botched fall when we had to, we're like, oh God, we need, we need to fix this quickly. No, it's Becky won. Becky get a feel good moment. It's positives for the women's division going forward, and as we said last night, the women main evented, and that was the main. That was the main thing. Right, when you ask you, did the right person take the fall in your opinion? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. She's unanimous. She, she's rumored to be leaving. So as uh, Sarah said about Kurt Angle, you leave her <coughs> back. Is yeah, it? but apparently she's not happy because it makes her look weak. Wrestling. See, what I've seen is that apparently it was written toward this contract that she would never actually get beaten and that explains the entire year undefeated streak but like this plays back to me saying that Asuka was going to lose her undefeated streak at WrestleMania when else are you going to bloody do it? Mind to look, that's where streaks go to die WrestleMania it had to be here, it had to be Ronda that took the fall mm-hmm. yeah, definitely well that's our analysis of WrestleMania um, overall guys, what do you think Scott, what you? overall, was it a good WrestleMania? I think it was. I think it was one of the best WrestleMania I've watched in a good few years. Ross? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Only two heel champions in WWE just now. Iconics and Samojo. I really enjoy the fact that we've got a lot of face champions right now. I look forward to seeing how the heels get off them and I look forward to seeing the faces chase the heels. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, I think this is probably the best WrestleMania we've had in quite a, quite a wee while. Uh, everything, well, most of everything delivered. And you got the feel good moments, you got the deserving champions, and you also got some good storylines for this to kick off the Raw after Mania when they usually refresh all the storylines. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think uh, it's one of the top five of all time. I think it, the pace was perfect. Pretty much all the matches did everything you wanted to do. There wasn't really a poor match. The matches you maybe hadn't expected not to be great did that. The matches you expected to be really good were really good. Mm-hmm. So I know we're on short time, so I'm just going to come very, very quickly to tonight. Monday after all, it's the wildest night of the year. Arguably more wild than WrestleMania. We'll round you off very quickly. Scott, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, <laughs> you, you put me on the spot. I put you on the spot. There's going to be a dick here with a beach ball and hopefully he'll get through it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about wrestling, mate. I don't know, you put me on the spot. Make your cup, mate. They'll get cheered to hell. Hopefully they don't try and pull something about oh you didn't technically beat Ronda and try and score. Cora will come in and probably get the make the brains at Mania 33 treatment getting booed at the building for being her angle. Alright, boss? Um Sammy Zayn returns. Corbin gets the WrestleMania 33 treatment, Scott says. Uh, there's a new women's title, a unified title. And Ronda gets quote unquote fired. See that? Uh, I can see this going, I can see Sami Zayn returning, hell yes for that. Um, but I can also see maybe de- uh, Shayna Baszler debuting. It's not mm. the first time we've not, it's not the first time we've maybe seen an NXT Women's Champion debut the Monday night after all, Paige done it. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to stop Shayna from doing this and imagine Shayna trying to get revenge or avenge. Avenge the Fallen. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, either the revival or the new tag chance uh, Hogan the Raider all the match with Gable and Root. Gable Root will lose and Root's gonna turn on Gable. About bloody time. No bit time. I can't really add anything else to that. Well there you go guys, that has been our WrestleMania uh, sum up and also hopefully a wee bit of preview for tonight. We'll see how accurate we've been. Well, I just thank my panel, Scott McLeod. 
Jeff. Ross McLeod. Thank you very much. And Sarah. Thank you very much. I've been the big dog, the new undisputed heavyweight champion of each slate super like retweet. I've been waiting for ages to say that. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now! Sports Social Podcast Network.